he absolutely, I mean, he adored our children. He really would give his life without hesitation, which is ultimately was his last living decision. Welcome to Let's Talk About Life, a podcast brought to you by LifePath. Donation can be a complicated subject, but it is really all about life. Spend a few minutes as we unravel the complexities of donation. Let's talk about life. It was a beautiful day on the shore of Lake Erie. Lee Weber and his two sons, Alex and Jacob, who were nine and seven at the time, were spending the weekend on a family camping trip with some of Lee's cousins and other relatives. Some of the group, including Lee and Jacob, decided to check out the Conneaut Lighthouse. Part of the adventure was to get to the lighthouse, and it required a swim through a gap of missing boulders in the break wall. While walking around and exploring the lighthouse, the weather began to shift and good old Lake Erie kicked up swiftly as it is known to do. The group was heading back when they reached the gap in the rocks. Lee entered with Jacob but found an undercurrent tugging at him. He put Jacob on his shoulders and tried to swim through the current. They were dragged down and Lee was forced to let go of Jacob. By the grace of God, a man who was kayaking near the spot was able to reach Jacob and save his life. But at this point, Lee was lost. Hi, you're listening to episode 141 of Let's Talk About Life. I'm your host, Colleen Gerber, two-time kidney recipient and LifeBank staff member. Every effort was made to find Lee. A Coast Guard boat and helicopter started an hour-long search. Lee was found on some rocks and was rescued. EMS took him straight to the hospital, but nothing more could be done. Lee was pronounced dead shortly after he arrived at the hospital. Our guest today on this episode is Amber Weber, who is Lee's wife. And she is here to share about her husband and why he is a hero's hero. Amber, thank you so much for taking time and talking with me. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, well, I'm glad. We appreciate Lee and his story of bravery. Can you share a little bit about Lee and what kind of person he was? Oh, my goodness, yes. (laughs) I love talking about Lee and and his story and, and just sharing it with the world. Lee, I mean, he was just, he was just really a great guy. He was my home. He, he made me feel safe and loved and comfortable. And, and that's what he would do with everyone that he met. Honestly, you can meet him for one, one moment and he would just instantly do that for you. He just loved to help people. I think that's why he excelled so much in the army and then in the Pittsburgh firefighters, which he was a part of. I mean, I just can't, I can't tell you how many people came up to me and just said that how much that we has helped them. And he was always there for you. He always was lending an ear, always smiling with that big grin of his. And more than likely, if you were around him for, well, longer than one minute, he would he would crack a joke. He would tell you a joke. Anything, I mean, anything to get you to smile and to laugh. And he did also have a flair. <laughs> he had a flair for the dramatic. So he was... Well, he was actually on a show. Um, it was called Posh Point oh. He was so proud of that. I have to mention that because if I if I didn't, 
uh, I can just, I just hear him now. <laughs> but he, that was the first thing that he would normally mention if you met him. <laughs> but besides from, from work and personal interests, I mean, he, he absolutely, I mean, he adored our children. Uh, he could, I mean, he could light up a city just talking about them. He was always playing with them, teaching them, doing whatever he could for them. He, he really would give his life without hesitation, which is ultimately was his last living decision. Yeah. He is our favorite champion. I mean, he really was um, a modern-day superhero, a hero in, in life. It sounds like he spent most of his life giving back to others, which is phenomenal. Serving in the Army, the military, and then being a firefighter. I mean, there is no more heroic efforts to be made, right? Right. I just want to make it clear that you were not on that trip with Lee and the boys. So from your perspective, can you explain what happened once you learned about the accident and you were called? So actually, I heard about the accident when I was in Pittsburgh at our house. Um, Someone came to my home and told me to my face. So at that time, they were still not able to find him. He He was missing. So I started making my way up to the Mac Conneaut Lighthouse because, you know, he was still missing. So I was going to go up there and just, you know, talk to whoever I could. And, you know, that search was still underway. About a little more than halfway there when I learned that um, they found him and that he died. Uh, then after, you know, I found that out, I, I made, started making my way towards the hospital where he was. And I was able to sit with him and... That's where I talked to someone from LifeBank, actually. Um, the nurse handed me the phone, and um, my first immediate thought really was, what would Lee want with the organ donation? Um, like, what would he want? I believe he wanted to be a donor, but I needed to know for sure. So I actually had somebody get me his license. <laughs> uh-huh. I needed to have that confirmation. Um, but they couldn't find it, but that's besides the point. But, I mean, that really was, like, my first thought. The next one it wasn't as great of a thought, but that goes along with grief. Um, I honestly did not want to let go. I, I should not, like, I, I just immediately thought, like, I should not be here making decisions about donating my husband's organs. You know, I'm right. so young. He's so young. My kids are so young. I mean, this shouldn't be happening. Absolutely. Um, I was I was in a room with, my husband's body, it only felt like a few minutes, to be honest. I can't tell you how long I, I was there until they handed me that phone. And it was somebody, you know, from LifeBank. And all I felt at that time was loss, grief, heartache. I mean, it literally hit me right then. It, I, I was in shock. Um, I had no words. I, I, <laughs> I did not want to make a decision right there. It felt like everyone was just moving forward and I was just, stuck in that moment and it, it really was surreal or there are no words to describe it that phone call was the first of many decisions obviously that I had to make but I really didn't want to move I didn't want to like go I, I I think the woman that I talked to from LifeBank on that phone phone call could could tell and she was great she didn't pressure me she didn't she just said that she would she'd call back soon to see what my decision was and which I, I'm very grateful for. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. It gave me time to be with my husband and then, you know, to be with our kids because they weren't at the hospital with me. 
decided to go and be with them. But uh, once I really sat, like as soon after I was done talking with my kids and as soon as I really sat down and thought about it, I mean, there was really no question about it. There was no doubt in my mind that, that Lee would want this. And to help as many people as he can in life and in death, it, it was his last act of service. It just sounds like that's who he was. Oh, yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because right here is an excellent opportunity to discuss how LifeBank talks with our families about the option to donate. To do that, I am so delighted to introduce my colleague, Melissa Eckenlob, Donor Referral Service Manager. Melissa, thanks for jumping in on this conversation today. Thank you so much, Colleen, for having me. Everything starts in our donor referral center as far as the donation process goes. Can you talk about the donor referral service center's role and your role? Sure. So the donor referral center um, at LifeBank, we operate 24-7, 365. Our donor referral staff handles the majority of the organization's calls that are ranging from different hospitals that we speak with, coroner's medical examiner's offices, and also our funeral home partners. The Donor Referral Center also handles incoming consults, including patients who are currently on a mechanical ventilator with a heartbeat. The DRC staff also will take the initial patient information. They will review the patient's medical chart just to ensure like suitability for the opportunity for donation. And then after an in-depth medical review, has been completed. One of the roles that we have in our donor referral center is a triage coordinator, and they will report to a family support coordinator who is trained at approaching to speak with families over the phone that a consult is ready for the family to be called then. We have different roles within the donor referral center. So we have a referral intake coordinator. They are responsible for taking the majority of those incoming calls, also the incoming consults, And then our triage coordinators, they are responsible for doing the same thing that the referral intakes, you know, do by taking those initial calls, but they go into a patient's medical chart just to ensure that somebody is suitable for the gift of donation. And then our family support coordinators are specially trained to speak with families over the phone. So they go through an authorization training, kind of like a second checklist, you know, in their training path that they're able to speak with families. My role um, as the Donor Referral Services Manager, so I oversee all of our coordinators in our Donor Referral Center, as well as our supervisor educator, Sherelle Middlebrooks. She serves as our primary trainer to all new staff and also our current staff as well for continued education. I think that's the key, is that we continually educate our donor referral coordinators and talking with the families is such a special gift, really. Amber said earlier that she received a phone call from one of our donor referral coordinators asking if she was interested in donating her husband Lee's organs or tissue. And Amber wanted to see his driver's license to see if he was on the donor registry. Can you explain why that really isn't necessary? Absolutely. So our donor referral coordinators, we reach out to families to offer them the opportunity for donation, regardless if their loved one is registered as a donor or if they're not registered. Our coordinators will access, we have access to the Ohio BMV registry and also other states registries as well to see if somebody is registered or not. When an individual is registered, 
Our coordinators will explain to the family that their loved one made the honorable decision to be a registered donor. And our team is specially trained to support them and carry out their loved one's decision to be a donor. Someone can register either through the BMV. There's also a national registry that they can sign up on. And they can also indicate that on a living will document. When we do have an individual that is not registered, our coordinators will reach out to the legal next of kin to offer them that unique opportunity for their loved one to be a donor as that decision is left up to their legal next of kin. Excellent. Thank you for that. I know we kind of covered the next question, but it's got to be difficult to talk to a family in the middle of crisis when they just lost a loved one. Absolutely. Another thing that sometimes people don't understand, we call families in all hours of the day and sometimes in the night. Unfortunately, we have to do that. Why it's, it is so crucial for us to get in touch with the family? So it is extremely crucial um, because for tissue and cornea donation, we actually have up to 24 hours to reach a family um, to complete the necessary paperwork, you know, an authorization or disclosure form. And also our coordinators have to complete a medical social history questionnaire with the next of kin or with a family member who knew their loved one's medical and social history to the best of their ability. It's one of those questionnaires. It's very similar when someone goes to donate blood. So we ask that, you know, for the health and safety of who may receive their loved one's gift of donation. And then also there's that time frame for when the tissue team needs to start their recovery as well. So typically within the Donor Referral Center, our family support coordinators will continue to reach out to families up until about 18 hours, just depending on the logistics. But sometimes that time, you know, it does go by fairly quickly. So we try our due diligence to make sure that we're reaching out to them, you know, at an appropriate time. There are times where we do have to reach out in the middle of the night, um, but our coordinators, you know, are very empathetic and even apologize to the families because it is a time-sensitive opportunity that we're trying to get their loved ones. You know, Amber referred to time stop when she was with her husband, Lee, but for us, it's the exact opposite. The clock starts ticking. And it really is a timer that's counting down. So it's a different world on our side, for sure. And I want to also ask your expertise, since I have you here. There is a difference between somebody who's going to go on to be an organ donor and somebody who's going to be a tissue donor. Do you want to talk about that a little bit, especially the process for organ donation? Sure. So... The organ team, they have, it's very similar to our family support coordinators, but they're actually called family support liaisons. They work alongside with the organ team, and they're the ones that are speaking to the family to offer them those opportunities actually at the hospital. So they're in person with that family member. Our family support coordinators in the donor referral center, we speak with those families over the phone because typically a lot of times, you know, families will leave the hospital or maybe they were informed. And they don't go to the hospital. So our coordinators actually approach for tissue and cornea donation over the phone. On the organ side, the family support liaisons will be on site also with the family during the donation process. So they're that support system for that family um, when they need them. Yeah, they're a special group of people, aren't they? I I think they're walking angels, truthfully. 
Yeah, um, absolutely. They, they sit with that family regardless if they go on to donate or not. So it's it's an amazing role that those folks play. Melissa, yeah. thank you so very much for your help and expertise. I, I appreciate you uh, helping me out. Thank you so much, Kelly. And I appreciate the opportunity. Let's go back to our conversation with Amber. You know, Amber, you were speaking of being at the hospital with Lee for a while and then going to be with your children. They witnessed the whole incident. It unfolded in front of their eyes. And I'm just wondering how your kids did and how they're doing now. When it happened, I think they, they totally went into shock. Yeah. But, you know, kids are resilient. Uh, they've handled everything with grace. And, you know, it, it took some time, ups and downs, and they're doing, they're doing well now. Well, that's good to hear. That's great to hear. Mm -hmm. Did you ever question in your mind that everything was possibly done to save Lee's life? No, honestly, I never, I never questioned it. I told that there was no lack of first responders on scene um, going to the hospital or even at the hospital. Um, Each step of the way, they did everything that they could to save his life. Uh, I've seen pictures of the beach where there were just a ton of police and firefighters and EMT and water rescue. I mean, even, even a helicopter, which ultimately was what found him. My cousin said that she's seen the inside of the EMT truck and she said it was just a disaster area, but could tell that, you know, they did everything that they could. Um, I was also informed that the doctors tried to bring him, him back at the hospital they believe that, you know, the water was cool enough and that he wasn't in there long, that he, he had a chance. Um, eventually, I did get to talk to some of the first responders team who were able to tell me exactly, you know, what happened that day and their thoughts and what the conditions were like on that day since I w- wasn't there. I needed that picture. I needed to know, you know. They tried everything they could, and, and I'm extremely grateful to every single person that was there that day. I only imagine you are. Mm-hmm. It's it's humbling what is available when there is a need. Our first responders are so amazing. Yeah. They really are. Yeah. Lee was able to be a tissue donor. Do you know what tissue he was able to donate? I don't. I feel like from what LifeBank said, he was able to donate a lot. And I know that for sure. So I just don't know exactly what he was able to donate. Okay. Yeah, because more than 75 tissues can be recovered for improving the lives of others. So it's a very important gift. What does that mean to you and your family that Lee was able to help others as his last act on earth? Right. Well, let's just start here. So since I could drive, I had that organ donor symbol on my license. I made that decision young, and I do stand by that today. But before he died, I never really thought about it. It was just kind of like a routine question. After he died, I learned learned more about not only that process of donation, but like but the recipient's process as well. I guess you can say my eyes were opened. <laughs> I uh, I never realized just how many people one person could help by donating. Not just like not just organs either. You know, you got the tissues, the tendons, corneas, veins, valves, platelets. I mean, really. I mean, really, the list is, is extensive. All I can think of now is if, if I do die tomorrow, how many people will I help? Why wouldn't I want to help others be able to live a normal, healthy life? I don't need anything for my body anymore, but someone out there does. 
as that relates to Lee being a donor, we feel honored and can only and can rest easy knowing that his legacy lives on. He is still out there helping as many people as he can. And with his donation, he has helped his recipients who then can go on with their lives and help others. It's kind of like, it's, it's like a domino effect. And I think he would be proud. And I know that we are. Ah, that's awesome. Has LifeBank helped you beyond the initial donation? Have have you utilized any of LifeBank or even services? A lot of their services are in person, and it's kind of hard to go from here to to uh, you know up in Ohio with with two small children. Um, but even though um, I am already an organ donor, LifeBank I mean really has helped me understand just what it is that I signed up for, not just like the donation side of it, but also the recipient side. And LifeBank was kind of understanding when I was going through that worst moment of my life. So they were there for me and just still continue to be there through this grief process, which we know doesn't end. <laughs> yeah. um, LifeBank really, I mean, they have been able to help me keep Lee's memory alive, um, keep his vision and goals going and just help change the world because his last act of service on this earth was donation. Um, I think he would be really proud of that and can only hope that more people make the decision to donate and to help the world. Obviously, I never met Lee or or you for that that fact, but I get this (laughs) great sense of pride. He took pride in being a helpful leader. And, you know, there's nothing like donation it's an amazing gift you can give somebody. It mm-hmm. truly changes lives. And I, I agree with you. I think Lee is super proud of what he has done for other people. I agree. <laughs> Amber, is there anything I didn't ask you that you want to share with our listeners? I think just everybody just needs to be kind and just do what they can do while they're on this earth. That's really what I think the message that Lee would really want to get out there. Just be kind and and do what you can. Be a helper. Be a helper. I love it. I love it. Well, Amber, thank you so much for sharing Lee's story and your story with us. I think this is one that will stay with us for a long time. Thank you so much. I I appreciate you uh, letting me tell Lee's story and trying to help others and see where life goes from here yeah well the privilege is ours that's for sure so thank you thank you for listening to let's talk about life if you have questions about today's podcast reach out to us at info at lifebank.org take a few minutes to do something heroic and register to be an organ donor by saying yes at lifebank.org literally someone's life is depending on it